You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and this is part two of our Broadway bonus tournament. As they say, one day more, another day, another destiny, this never-ending road to podcasting. So uh, I'm not here... uh, by myself uh, again, but uh, Ken, Jeff, and Matt are not here. They're investigating a fugue for Tin Horns, but uh, we do have someone sitting in her fun home and hoping that no one rains on her parade, and that is Kellen McGuire. How are you, Kellen? Hi, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of references there. I love the fugue for Tin Horns reference for some reason. That really tickled. Um, Yeah, just chilling, you know. Uh, well, you you did a wonderful job last week on our on our uh, episode, and you wrote all the questions for this tournament. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> um, I've had some playtesters helping me um, to make sure that I'm not doing anything impossible. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to do another game. Well, so am I, and uh, I believe the competitors are excited because the winner of this tournament is not only going to get a, a free T-shirt from T Public, who is hosting our newest merchandise store, which you can find at uh, trivialitypodcast.com. Click on merchandise, or just go to T Public and type in Triviality Podcast. But the winners will be mounting a full production uh, of Oklahoma uh, that will be streaming live uh, for all to see. Uh, we'll figure that out <laughs> later, all the contracts and whatnot. But we do have some wonderful competitors here ready to play today. And uh, let's get to introducing them. So our first competitor is coming to us from Allentown, Pennsylvania. He's been on the show before. It's great to see him. And that is Keith. How's it going, Keith? Pretty good, Neil. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, be here and hopefully not embarrass myself with uh, being stumped by Kellen's questions on Broadway shows. But... <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> I don't think you'll be stumped. We did a little practice round, and you, you did uh, very well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your background in Broadway or maybe a favorite show or uh, album, anything like that? Yeah. So um, my background, I was a theater major in college back 20 years ago now. And uh, we used to go to Broadway every spring break to see two or three shows. And that's where it sort of started. I, you know, being in Allentown, I'm pretty close. I wish I could see more, but um, I have those Playbill uh, booklets to collect them all. And I think I've seen uh, almost 60 Broadway shows and I started keeping track of the theaters I go to. I've been to, I think, 27 of the 41 theaters. So um, 
it's sort of like a bucket list to just at least see one show at every Broadway theater. Um, and you know, now with COVID it's going to take me a while to get back there, but, uh, um, favorite show, I think probably one of the most surprising shows was Peter and the star catcher. I knew nothing about it, but I saw it with my, uh, then girlfriend and mom, we went there on the day before Thanksgiving and we just picked up, I think TKTS tickets back upper mezzanine, back of the wall, like as far away from the stage as possible. But you just saw this amazing production. Um, it mixed music and fantastic direction, just like this whole cast of men and one female, um, like taking on all these wonderful parts and being very improvisational and sort of commedia dell'arte and just um, mime. And it was just, it was just, it blew my mind. It was like an amazing production. I saw the national tour when it came through Easton and it wasn't as big and spectacular, but, um, it got me into the books written by Dave Barry. And it's just, that was probably the most memorable show that I've seen a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's a great program. Uh, Colleen did a, a version of that uh, at her high school uh, that was a lot of fun. And of course, uh, Christian Borles can't get uh, much better than him in, in a bunch of different roles. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, great show. Um, well, thank you for joining us, Keith. Uh, our next competitor is uh, right here in Chicago, uh, and we're happy to have him. And that's Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? Hey, Neil. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, uh, so tell us yeah. a bit about yourself. Um, so, yeah, I live here in Chicago. I work in finance. Um, I kind of grew up with Broadway. My aunt was a Broadway actress. My mom was a high school choir director who I think somebody on the podcast knows um and uh yeah so i just like grew up going to shows and now i kind of try to go to new york once or twice a year to see as many shows as i can and i'll just go for like a long weekend and see like matinee evening performance matinee evening performance and just jam like six musicals or seven musicals into three days which is always super fun um my favorite show is gypsy classic um patty lupone's my favorite mama rose and uh, yeah all i got for you right now <laughs> well we appreciate you joining us uh and uh yeah jamie was referring uh to uh his family uh well he jamie is a, a very accomplished performer himself uh who i've seen many times so um don't sell yourself short there but uh his mom and aunt are uh two of the uh most talented people in the world so thank you for joining us jamie uh, so our next competitor uh, is someone who's been on the show before, and we're so happy to have her here, especially with the uh, time zone difference. Uh, one of our honorary uh, listeners from the Netherlands, Gaudi. How's it going, Gaudi? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, th th thanks for hanging out with fine. us today. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Oh, it's not It's not so late at the moment, so it's uh, fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, it wasn't like well, the other time when it was two in the morning when you were competing, but you still did. You still perform valiantly. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was something different, yeah. So, uh, um, I've only seen one show on Broadway in 2009. It's West Side Story, <laughs> which was which was great. Um, uh, was my uh, my first and last time so far in New York. <laughs> That's a great one to uh, see, though. It is. It really is. Uh, so my favorite. I've been going to musicals since I was a child. Um, both my father and I are addicted to musicals, so that's great. Um, really, my favorite uh, musical, I think, is either Miss Saigon or uh, Les Miserables. I love both of them so much. It's the same writers for both, I think. So, I think so, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, I I, uh, I do love Les Mis. Uh, that's why I had to put that little reference. I think I got the lyrics right off the top of my head, but I, I could be wrong. But that's a you great did, one to... Did, oh, I did. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Except for the podcasting. That was my own addition there. Um, no, I think uh, 
Victor Hugo was a prolific podcaster. I mean, like before oh, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Especially in France. Yeah. yeah. So it's all in French, but, he's, <laughs> but he is a big podcaster. Uh, well, thank you, Gaudi, for uh, for joining us uh, and for everyone else joining us. And like I said before, um, this is part two. There's going to be one more part, uh, and the winner will receive a free T-shirt from T Public, um, our new uh, merchandise supplier. And uh, also, you can uh, join us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/TrivialityPodcast to help support the show uh, monetarily. You get extra bonus episodes. I think about thirty or forty hours of extra content, uh, as well as uh, some great perks like stickers and posters and um, uh, curated boxes and things like that. So uh, please join us over there. But uh, more importantly. I'm just going to throw it to Kellen to explain uh, today's game. I believe it's 15 questions and uh, let her take the keys and run with it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so today is 15 questions. And just like last week's, um, it's it broken into about five categories ish um, so that it's um, a chance for everybody to flex a little bit of knowledge. Um, I'll be basically looking for the name of a show, um, the name of a person, um, a specific part of a, um, musical or, uh, I think, or a play, um, a little bit of miscellaneous stuff and then questions about the Tony awards, um, which are just big trivia fodder. <laughs> um, great. So for already, I'll start with question one. Most people know her as the singing voice of Mulan and Princess Jasmine. But before that, Leah Salonga was only 18 years old when she originated the lead in what musical, earning her an Olivier and Tony Award? All right. This name sounds so familiar to me. 18. I'm going back and forth between two, and I feel like Leah Salonga is not the girl. I just I can't remember who is in Rent, but was in the original production of Rent as Mimi. I can't remember if this is Leah Salonga or if it's another actress with a similar name and Leah Salonga was in a different production of, I'm going to just say Les Miserables. I think, I think I'm confusing two actresses and I think they both did Fantine or I, I always get the names and Les Mis confused. I think they both <laughs> did it in different productions and that's why they're connected in my head. But I'm going to lock in with Les Miserables. Okay. Keith locked in. Let's go to Jamie. Um, I, she did play Fantine for sure, but I think this is Miss Saigon. All right. And Gaudi? It's Miss Saigon. Yes, it is Miss Saigon. Um, she did Fantine. I think she did Eponine too at some point. Um, yeah. Um, she was just a tiny little baby when she did this show. Um, but God, her voice is spectacular. Um, okay. Question two. This is simple. Which composer has won the most Tony Awards? I'm struggling a bit. Um, let me try to work this out. Which composer? Um, no, I think I'm at a complete blank at the moment. Uh, Gaudi is tapping. Let's go to Keith. Yeah, this is one thing that I knew probably would come up. I studied some Tony knowledge over the past like 48 hours and like I, I remember who won the most overall, but I think he's a producer. So what I locked in was with, I think... He's the, he has some number. And I, it's, I, I locked in with Stephen Sondheim. Okay. Sondheim for Keith and Jamie. I'm also locked in with Stephen Sondheim. And it is Stephen Sondheim. He won eight. Um, best music and lyrics for Company. Best score for Follies, Little Night Music, Sweeney Todd, Into the Woods, and Passion, and a Lifetime Achievement. So he's still, Which, uh, still on his way to being a superstar is what you're saying. A burgeoning yeah. young composer. 
Yeah, he's really starting to get into the swing of things. I never heard of him before I studied yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's an upstart, really. <laughs> um, okay. Of the 89 Pulitzer Prizes for drama that have been awarded, what percent within five have been musicals? The Pulitzer Prizes for drama are weird because they'll like skip years. They'll be years with multiple. It's an odd process. Mine's going to be a total guess, but I'm locked in, I guess. I didn't know there was going to be math on this theater <laughs> bonus. I know a couple of shows that have won the Pulitzer. So now I'm just trying to hedge my bets and do the math of like, uh, I'm going to lock in with 11%. All right. 11% for Keith. Jamie? Uh, 17. All right. And Gaudi? Yeah, it was a bit higher. It was about 20%. The answer is 11%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Keith, I'm sorry you were so close on that one, Jamie. Um, and the other odd fact is one of the, um, it's a total of 10 and one of them was not on Broadway. It, it's, um, a new, the winner for 2020 has not been on Broadway yet. So, um, uh, it, I think it got delayed a bit with COVID. I lost my train of thought. Um, but a little additional, um, Sunday in the park with George and next to normal won the Pulitzer, but they did not win the Tony for best musical. And they're the only ones who didn't. So, um, that's oh. a little something you can impress people with. <laughs> there you go. Impress people at parties when they come back. Yeah. Uh, question four, which child actor is a featured character in the musical Avenue Q? Locked in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess as well. So, uh... You can start if you want, Gaudi. What, what do you have? So a child actor as a featured character in Avenue Q. Um, well, he's not a child anymore, but he was a child actor, Macaulay Culkin. All right, Macaulay Culkin. Let's go to Keith. Oh, my God, it's Gary Coleman. <laughs> and Jamie? <laughs> I was with Gowdy. I said Macaulay Culkin, the quintessential <gasps> actor. <laughs> that would be excellent, though, if they threw him in. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it is Gary Coleman. Um, what a wild show that is. Oh, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, all right. Question five. The witch in Into the Woods tasks the baker and his wife with finding four specific things. I just want you to name one of them. These are the horcruxes, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm locked in. This is what it takes to, uh, to kill Jack before he climbs the beanstalk. Yeah, I know this was one that I thought would be a question like on a normal, like mid-round type style quiz, but I knew that this would be 15 standard questions. I was like, that's probably not good. Um, I'm glad you didn't ask for all four because I'm trying to write them all down and I, I feel like I can't remember the first one and so I can't get into it, but I know one of them is definitely the cape is red as blood. All right, so Keith in with cape. Uh, Jamie? Also read the cape is red as blood, but I know there's also the corn is yellow as, or the corn is, <laughs> the, hair, the hair is yellow as corn. There it is. <laughs> and the cow is white as something. <laughs> and Gaudi? Um, I guess magic beans. 
Oh, that's not a bad guess. But um, yeah, I would have accepted the cow is white as milk, the hair is yellow as corn, the slipper is pure as gold, the cape is red as blood. But I feel like the corn is yellow as something would give an extra agricultural twist to this. Well, you know, Sondheim is uh, really big on high fructose corn syrup, and that was probably a, a number that was on the cutting room floor. So, um, Yeah, he's after... in the pocket of big corn. <laughs> exactly. Uh, after five questions, uh, we have uh, Gaudi with one uh, correct answer, but still uh, very much in the game. Jamie with three and Keith with four. Okay, so let's head into question six. Um, this is not a musical question. Um, Tom Stoppard's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead tells a sort of parallel narrative of which Shakespearean drama. I'm locked in. There's a good joke about this on Frasier. <laughs> locked in. Um, yeah, I guess locked in. All right. Uh, let's go with Keith. I said Hamlet. Okay. And Jamie. I also said Hamlet. And Gaudi. Yeah. Hamlet. That's correct. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, this is, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie of it, but it actually works really well as a movie too, which is kind of surprising because it's so like theater-y, you know? Uh, I've just read Hamlet for the first time this year and I somehow remembered it. Kellen and Neil, do you know, did Tom Stoppard direct the movie? I think he did. Yeah, he might have actually. Uh, that's a really that good question. Sounds right. Let me. I haven't seen it in, in so long. Um, yeah, I saw it 20 plus years ago before I even got into theater, so I wasn't really into it. I've always been meaning to rewatch it because I love the play. I've read it. It but, is. Uh, it is directed by him. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why it's so good. Like he, it's his vision. And uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen that often when uh, the, yeah, the person who writes the play actually gets to direct the movie. Um, and I feel like if that came out in the last 10 years with the um, affinity of Hollywood to do uh, expanded universes like Marvel and whatnot that uh, be really interesting to see the Broadway expanded universe to do side characters of small shows and get given their own movie. I, oh, I was revenge. It. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, the Frasier joke is Roz is working at a, volunteering at a retirement home for community service and the old people she works with keeps, keep dying. And so the title card says Roz's Krantz and Goldenstein are dead. Um <laughs> It makes me laugh every time, but it has nothing to do with this. Um, okay, question seven. There have been a few ties in Tony Award history. There has only been one tie for best musical. Which well-known classic musical with an accompanying well-known classic movie tied with Fiorello for the 1960 award? All right, let's go with Keith. The Hills Are Alive with The Sound of Music. And Jamie? Also The Sound of Music, because I know Gypsy lost this year, which <laughs> I think as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> and and so you're, still, you're still bitter about it uh, 70 years later, however many years later. <laughs> Six uh, years later. Six years later. Gaudi, how about you? So based on the, on the year uh, time period, I also guessed Sound of Music. That is correct. It is The Sound of Music. Um, I just realized this is also the answer to a question in one of my regular games that I did. I just, I really like the sound of music. Yeah, it's um, a lot of great history too with the film as well. I mean, when it came out, um, it was one of the highest grossing movies. Actually, it was the highest grossing movie of all time for a short period of time, I think for four or five years. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah. It's so good. Like it, um, I watched it recently on Disney Plus and I was just still enchanted by it. Um, the other weird Tony fact about this is that the children were nominated jointly, like all of the children 
um, for best actress under Lori Peters and the children. Um, <laughs> so that happened. Um, question eight in Lin-Manuel's lesser known musical in the Heights, the characters find out that the local bodega has sold a winning lottery ticket worth how much money? I've actually never listened to this soundtrack and I feel bad about it, but when Hamilton came out, I refused to listen to it until I actually saw it on stage and which I, I ended up achieving, but uh, I still haven't seen in the Heights. So I think I might just have to cave in and listen. Are you going to make it that you see the movie, the new movie coming out and then you listen? Uh, no, I'll listen to it before the movie just to give it, uh, you know, it's due respect. Mm. I actually it's like it's better than Hamilton, but oh, do you? Know? <laughs> oh, ooh, hot, hot, opinion. hot take. Yeah, the hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about theater hot takes. Like mm, I eat them up. So I'm I'm looking in with a guest here. All right. I've had my um iTunes. I have a playlist of every Broadway cast recording that I own. It's like 120 or 130 different CDs. And this did not come up in the past 48 hours. Um, but I know it's like dun, 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 thousand. And I'm just trying to I'm trying to remember how many syllables are in that dun, 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 and how much money would make sense. Not not I'm I'm feeling nine ninety-six thousand. Not yeah, lot ninety-six thousand I'll lock in with, I think. All right, ninety-six thousand for Keith, Jamie. One, two, three, what would you do with ninety-six G's? Ninety-six. <laughs> Gonna have to give snippets whenever I can. <laughs> and and, uh, and Gaudi, I guessed uh, ninety. <laughs> oh, it is ninety six thousand. Oh, well done. So close. Um, yeah, that song is really good. It's really underrated, I think, especially for the stuff that Lin Manuel has written. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Question nine. Which rock star duo, more famous for their work in a band, wrote the music and lyrics for the ginormous flop that was Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark? I'm locked in. So I'll take either the duo or the band. Like I'll be flexible. I love this show. I could talk about this show. <laughs> I think it cost the investors 
sixty million dollars. Yeah, I remember him saying it was like one of the highest like network productions that flopped so hard. Oh. I think it was that somebody did the math and it would have had to sell out every show for ten years to make the money back. So it was just never going to <laughs> turn out well. It's not funny, but tons of people got hurt making it and they just kept doing it. And it's like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? There's a, like a joke about it in Impossible Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> Spider-Man Titus ends up playing Spider-Man at one point. <laughs> <laughs> the title of this musical sounds amazing. Yeah, right. Uh, but I, I, I guess I'm not going to... I'm not gonna get to the rock star, so I'm tapping this one because I have no idea. Okay, uh, Gaudi is tapping. Um, and uh, Jamie, if you still need time to think about it, feel free to t to take it. Um, no, I should just I can lock in with a guess, but okay, Gaudi is tapping. So Keith, what is your answer? Uh, Kellen, I'm glad you are gonna take the band or anything because when you one of the names, I I was guessing Bono and the Edge, but if I'm not sure that that's the duo, I'm just gonna say you two. All right, and Jamie? I said Hootie and the Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be an amazing Spider-Man musical. Oh, my God. That would have changed everything, I think. I only want to swing with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> only if they start in it, though. Like, you could only make it with, the, with those voices. <laughs> Okay, um, it was Bono and the Edge, or U2. Um, yeah, if it was anything like Hootie and the Blowfish's live concerts, all of the actors would have been barefoot on a bunch of different uh, rugs everywhere on stage. <laughs> More injuries. Yeah. Well, just messy. <laughs> um, I just love the idea of comic book musicals. The only other one that I know of is... Um, it's a bird it's a plane it's superman which is from like the 60s and linda lavin and all of that goodness um okay question 10 in next to normal which instrument does the daughter natalie play one of my faves is in this one original broadway cast but i don't want to give anything away just in case oh <laughs> i'm trying to decide who would be your fave of the original broadway cast I think I have an idea. Yeah, there's a few good ones in this mm. show. All right, let's start with Keith. I saw a local production of this like 10 years ago, and I have the track, but I can't remember anything. First guess was a piano, but I feel like that's too big, so I'm going with something smaller and unique. I'm going to say clarinet. Okay, let's go to Jamie. I said piano. And Gaudi? Uh, I said violin. <laughs> Uh, it is the piano, but I always think it's the violin. I don't uh, know why, but my brain always goes to violin. Keith, I'm sorry you talked yourself. I don't remember a piano on the set. That's the problem. She uh, plays on stage. I, I believe it's a guitar, right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a much different an accordion. <laughs> much different production. Yeah, we, I saw one here locally at uh, Drury Lane Theater, and it just like rocked me to my core. I was so good. Um, but uh, no, I love Aaron Taviet. Is like one of my favorite guys. So. Oh, yeah. Um, he just won a Tony Award by default this year as the only nominee in his category. Um, did they so have the digital? Did they have I, the digital? 
I don't think so. They they did the nominations in October, and they're like, we'll get around to the awards. They didn't like put a date on it or anything. I yeah. saw he was the only one nominated, and I wasn't sure if I missed the actual winning of it. No, it's going to be an interesting year because there's like four shows for the musical categories, and they're all nominated for everything. Uh, well, after 10 questions, uh, still uh, still very close. Scouty's uh, picking up some ground here. You have three points. Uh, Jamie with seven and Keith with eight. Okay. Ooh. Question 11. Alison Bechtel gave us the Bechtel test, but she also gave us an autobiographical comic that was later adapted into what historical and award-winning musical opening on Broadway in 2015? Uh I guess I'm going to have to step again. I, I know who she is. I know what the backdoor uh, test is, but I honestly don't know what the musical is. All right. Gaudi is tapping. Let's go to Keith. That would be Fun Home. And Jamie. Fun Home. And the answer is Fun Home. This was the first um, Broadway show to feature a lesbian protagonist. So that was a very big moment for Broadway history. And it was the only show to have a full female creative team. So that was yes. like a big thing from history, too. Mm, just like a chef's kiss I all the way around. The Tony, uh, uh, the Tony show that year when they, when they had that little girl, uh, not little, but the young actress uh, sing Ring of Keys. I, I kept it on my DVR because like I would just watch that and get goosebumps. Such a beautiful song and such a wonderful actress. Really sad I didn't get to see it on Broadway. Yeah, I believe yeah. uh, Janine Tesori, I think, helped out on West Side Story for Spielberg, or at least was involved in some capacity as like musical director or vocal, something like that, which is cool. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, where am I? Question 12. This is going to be long. This star began her career in the early 1960s and has garnered many accolades in almost 60 years. In fact, along with holding records with Billboard and the RIAA, she possesses numerous Grammys, Oscars, Emmys, Peabody's, Golden Globes, and even the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She is an EGOT, but she has never won a competitive Tony, having only a special award from 1970, the star of the decade. Who is she? And RIAA is Recording Industry Association of America, if that helps. Not to be confused with RAPD, the Ryan Reynolds bomb. <laughs> Should have looked at the EGOT lists. It's always good trivia. Every time I look at that list, I, I'm like, oh, I got it for the next time an EGOT question comes up. And then I never do. I forget it. <laughs> Same with me. And it keeps growing. Like, that's the problem. People keep winning awards because. Need to stop. Yeah. Trivia should lock in and never change. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that's my problem with sports trivia is it changes so often that I feel like I can't keep up. Plus, I don't get it. <laughs> the problem is I don't watch sports, so. Oh, yeah. See, that would help, right? Hard. I know from last time I studied the EGOT list, one of the, were two names that come to mind are Streisand and Minnelli, and I just feel like Liza has to have had one Tonys. So I'm hoping Streisand is the one that, and she has the more singing career with the RIAA and everything else. So I feel I'm not confident. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm going to guess Barbara Streisand. All right, Keith with uh, Streisand. Jamie? My mom would kill me if I didn't say Barbara Streisand. <laughs> and Gaudi? Yeah, no, I guess someone completely different. I guess Angela Lansbury. 
but Streisand sounds um, very good. Uh, Angela Lansbury is an excellent guest, but it is Barbara Streisand. Um, she's actually the highest certified female album artist and the greatest Billboard 200 female artist of all time, in addition to just being fabulous. Yep. She is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And also uh, underrated for her directing as well. Great director. Yeah. She's just, she's everything. Um, question 13. In Falsettos, all of the main characters show up to cheer Jason as he plays what little league sport? This is a show I've definitely never seen before, but I feel like I saw an in-concert production, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going back and forth between baseball and soccer. And last time I didn't go with my gut and I didn't say piano and I, it screwed me. So I'm going to go with my gut and say baseball this time. And if it screws me again, it's going to be very sad. <laughs> All right, Keith with baseball, Jamie. Baseball. And Gaudi. Yeah, baseball. And that's correct. It is baseball. So congrats to Keith Scott. I was actually going to uh, see a Dutch production of Falsettos this year, but it got canceled because of the COVID uh, virus. Oh, I think this is one that's available on Broadway HD. The Stephanie J. Block, Christian Borrell. Oh, that that one is amazing. She was robbed of the Tony. She got it for Share Show, which was amazing. But um, there's like a little scene in there where, like, is, is it about a lot of couples, like some heterosexual, yeah. homosexual, like, and like I feel like I've seen yeah. a scene where like all the couples are going around, and then I remember a scene at a baseball, I guess, park or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I must have seen something from that show, but I don't know it at all. Yeah, that production especially really kind of like took people's hearts. I feel like so it got mm-hmm. very popular i remember walking around new york and then i saw the the billboard for it and i was like wow what a cast like because I, i'd never heard the show before uh of the show before and i saw the cast i was like whoa that's that's insane and tracy toms and betsy um i feel so bad now betsy dewolf that's it i know her from 35 millimeters so i was very excited it was big yeah um okay question 14 which acclaimed actress of television, film, and theater took on Lily Tomlin's role in the stage version of 9 to 5, the musical? It's fitting that she was playing the mom character. Okay, let's start with Keith. It's funny, I was in this uh, production a couple years ago, and I remember looking at some of the Broadway clips, and I remember Megan Hilty, and I remember Stephanie J. Block, we were just talking about her, and at third face, I'm just like, who is it like i couldn't i could like it was just grayness like i kept on seeing scenes i was like i could not see anything but then i picked up the clue on the question and it's uh allison janney all right and jamie yep allison janney and gaudi yeah allison janney that is correct um allison janney currently of mom fame on tv that's where the clue came from she's that's... fantastic i love allison janney oh, and that production was just amazing as well like the star set of cast and Dolly wrote such a great show. Also, let's just um, dedicate this episode to Dolly Parton because she's yeah, one of the we? best in the world. Yeah. Helping yeah. fund vaccines and she's just amazing. Getting books to children and uh, paying her employees living wage. Anyway. Working 24-7, not 9 to 5, that's for sure. That, yeah, yes. Dolly is the best. Um, okay, so. Final question, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Timpani drumroll. Question 15. Which Canadian location serves as host for the many displaced plane passengers in Come From Away? 
I can be flexible with this answer. All right. Uh, let's start with Keith. Um, I'm assuming when you say you're flexible, you just take Newfoundland, but I'm pretty sure the town is Gander, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Jamie. I have Gander. Yeah, no, I had uh, Vancouver, which I don't even know. Is it in Canada, Vancouver? I'm sure. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I was um, worried. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's in Iceland. No, um, it is Gander, Newfoundland. I would have accepted Gander, Newfoundland, Gander, Newfoundland, any of that. Um, this was the show that I was going to see this summer um, when it came to Chicago, but that did not happen. Yes, I've, I've been wanting to see the show for a long time. Uh, well, uh, what a great game, everyone involved here. Uh, some, some high scores as well. Uh, our final score is Gaudi with five, Jamie with 12 and Keith with 13. So Keith, uh, you are the winner of this episode. So congratulations. But, uh, Jamie, you also have the second highest point total of both the first and the second episode. So you will be moving on to the final as our wild card. So congratulations to you as well. Um, so we have one more episode coming next week, which will be the final, and they will be joining JP Adams, uh, for the, uh, the, uh, trio of, uh, I don't even know. I was trying to think of something alliterative, but anyway, it'll be the final. It'll be fun. Um, but, uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. So let's just go down the line here. Keith, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, any final words from you? And how about, uh, if you could only have one, uh, Broadway character's wardrobe for the rest of your life, uh, which one would it be? Oh, uh, well, first, final words. Uh, great questions. Uh, a lot of things fell into my wheelhouse and some lucky guesses, but um, good job, Jamie and Gowdy as well. Um, costumes, geez. Uh, I'm remembering back to when I played Glenn Gulia in The Wedding Singer, and he was always had those 80s suits. It was uh, cheesy as hell, but the neon polos and everything, that, that seems like it would be fun. That does sound like a fun one. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, let's go to Jamie. Thank you very much for being on this episode. And for you, how about uh, I have a million dollars. I'm going to open up a Broadway show and you can choose any role you want to uh, be the star of. What would you pick? Oh, goodness. That's a really good one. Um, thanks for writing an awesome show, Kellen. Keith, you're a great competitor. Thanks, Gowdy. Thanks, Neil. Um, if I'm going to open a show and star in it, I don't know. Maybe I'd do like... This is like the hard. No, I'm gonna do like a Vita, except I'm gonna play a Vita. <gasps> Ooh! Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, thank you, Jamie, for joining us. And Gaudi, thanks so much for uh, making the time. We know uh, we have the time difference, obviously, with the Netherlands, but it's always nice to see your smiling face. And uh, um, how about uh, you? Uh, any final words? And also, um, if there was any musical in the history of the world, any cast, any year that could open uh, at the theater near you, what uh, show would you want to see? Okay, well, thanks for having me. Uh, great show, Kellen. Um, congratulations to Keith and to Jamie for moving on. Um, wow. The which musical original cast yeah, that has to be the original cast of Les from from the London production. Oh, that would be an epic, uh, epic show. Great answer. Yeah. Um, well, well, thank you, Gaudi. Uh, again, thank you to Jamie and Keith. Uh, Kellen, any final words for you before we get to the final episode next week? Uh, thanks for playing. Um, I hope you guys had fun because um, I sure did. 
Yes. Um, that's it, I guess. No, that's okay. I, thank you very much, Colin, again, for your questions. Uh, if you'd like to uh, help support the show on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And uh, also, uh, we mentioned uh, the winner next week will get a free t-shirt from Public, our new uh, merchandise supplier. So you can go to trivialitypodcast.com and uh, click merchandise to get there. Uh, for uh, Keith, Jamie, Gowdy, and Kellen, um, thank you very much. And Conrad, we do not love you. That was Triviality. <laughs>